going on, man? What's happening? Happy Friday. Yeah, man. Friday, Friday. You uh, fix your flat tire problem? No, I'll know in about 10 minutes. Might have to hop on and off. Uh, go to a pickup, try to grab a trailer. Got a flat on it. Uh, problem you communicate solved. with the broker? Yeah, he told me, can I limp it to uh, somewhere to put air in it? I told him, uh, maybe. <laughs> We're going to see how that one goes. That's not the broker you told about the podcast, is it? It is, actually. <laughs> he's probably watching this podcast. Then. Yeah, he's probably on here. Like, why is this guy on a podcast and not helping get the truck? <laughs> hey, hey, I'm in logistics, man. We multitask. All right, let's bring John in. He's live from Daytona, uh, so this should be interesting. Let's go, John. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's happening? Give us a little bit of the uh, scenery down there in Daytona. Uh, well, the weather's nice today, but uh, may not be nice tomorrow. I got this guy. He's a redneck from Virginia. Just dropped me off some fresh butchered hog ribs, which was phenomenal. Um, I'm over here in a campground. There's a bar right behind me called the Monkey Bar. Didn't keep, and it's like, um, they can't sell liquor and beer, but it's for donations only. So... Big old party right behind me. It's uh, it's a, uh, it's a good time. Uh, weather's good. About seventy five today. Want to go see the truck race at seven thirty? I got start finish line tickets, and uh, everybody's happy. I mean, it, uh, they should be. They're all drinking. They're all drunker and shit already. I got these kids. So these guys beside me, they are uh, mid twenties, and they brought. There's four guys that brought thirty thirty packs of beer and they go they're like dude we're probably going to run out by sunday i'm like i was over there at 7 30 this morning and they're already drinking beer the one guy the one guy got so drunk he he thought he was trying to sleep on his bed he ends up sleeping on the table where they had their grill and he knocked it off it, it's it's great stuff well you got to move the camera around let us uh let us see what's going on out there John, you got a uh, broker sure. a full truckload of beer over there, man. Forty-five. Dude, they feet. have. They. I've never hauled beer, but there is tons of beer, like tons of beer. Let me see if my bu buddies are over here. Uh, they are not over here, but check this guy out. <laughs> hey, hey, we're live, like all over the world. Hey. Look at this guy, man. He's he's just having a hell of a time. And it's only 3.30. So, you, you know what I mean? It's crazy here. We're, we're having a great time. Good stuff. How long have you been down there? This is my camper setup. There's my buddy Brendan. This is my camper setup of, of my place. Uh, what was that question? Sorry. How long have you been down there? How long are you going to be there? Uh, I got here Wednesday night, and I'll leave Sunday or Monday depending on the weather because uh, the race is Sunday but it may get rained out there's about a 85-90% chance here's the uh, monkey bar this place gets popped I'm about 9-10 o'clock at night John yeah, how are you so, moving freight down there is, how's, how's the freight operation uh, going from Daytona it's are the you, same, uh, as, it's same as I mean for me I mean it's the same as Anywhere else, you know. I mean, are you booking freight under the influence, or what are you? Uh, I, how are you I have drank. I have drank one beer. I'm not a big drinker. I drank one beer since I've been here. 
Is I it, might uh, be a rebel and drink too tonight. You know. <laughs> is it uh is it slow on the freight front uh right now this week since you're out of town or still moving volume? No, 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 no same 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 volume. Nothing's changed just where John is. That's the only change that's yeah, occurred. I gotta show you this guy right here. This guy has the Ed's award winning apple pie moonshine. And I'm not kidding you. It, it, and it's this moonshine, it's it's five dollars. Um and it's uh, pretty powerful. And then I love his sign. And then, John, and then over, and then over here's another bar. So yeah, John, right, you gotta got? take one moonshine for the show, man. Yeah, go buy uh, a moonshine for the show, dude. Dude, this is 180 proof stuff, man. This is like one one shot's like six beers. I'm I'm not the moonshine kind of guy. <laughs> Anyone who listens to this afterwards on Spotify and Apple without the video is going to be like, what in the world is going on? I mean, to, to recap it, the first guy was just uh, an older gentleman having the time of his life. Uh, the moonshine is just a, a cup of moonshine and the bar is a typical bar. So. There's this guy over here. So the guy, so his father is 82 years old. The guy's been married twice and divorced. He's 82 and his girlfriend is 30. It's 30. Isn't that crazy? 50-year age gap. It said, ask, uh, you see LaShawn's comment? Ask the moonshine guy if he's from rural Georgia. LOL. <laughs> yeah. But. but, yeah, it's a it's a good time, man. It's a good time. I'm having a great time. Uh, I'll do this every year. I, to be exact, the guy that does the tickets for me, I told him I want two spots next year. So, I'm going to get two spots. Nice, nice. So what's going on in Freight World today? I want to know. I'm not sure, man. Um, I mean, there's been some, uh, you know, interesting uh, you know, interesting stuff I've seen out there. Um, I saw a post today talking about open deck freight and how, you know, basically there's more coming from one area than the other and, you know, really impacting rates. So um, I, I mean, John, let's, interesting. let's get into this quick between between us. Um how do you think the market's doing? You know, your opinion so far, 2024. Better it's, the same as a, it's the same as 2023. I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but I mean, other than, you know, I'm not paying anything. I'm not paying any more than I was paying six months ago. Yeah. See, so that's the right answer because you have all these people speculating on the market because they saw the spike from that, that storm, you know, for the past month. Like, hey, the market's drastically improving. And I saw a guy make the post today, like, you know, February's terrible. Like, the market, if anything, it's it's, it's February. It's always slow. But uh, there's definitely no market improvement, uh, to say the least. Uh, uh, yeah, and the data supports that. I, You know, LDI sends out a, a – Mike Cantera sends out a report. And it trends out the last quarter, last four months, and it's all been about the same thing. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not seeing it. Um, I'm, I'm paying the same, it. same money. I'm not seeing it on the carrier side, that's for sure. You're not seeing it on the brokerage side. So, I mean, I would call it definitely, like you said, it's the same as it was six months ago. No improvement, nothing. Nope. It's, it's, I'm in my busy. I'm in my busy season with uh, one of my clients, uh, agricultural client, because obviously they're they're getting ready for, for manufacturing in spring planting season. So I've been real busy. I moved. Um, I moved probably eighteen 
hazmat loads this week. So I've been busy. What were, the, uh, what were the margins on, on the 18 hazmat loads? Good margin? Uh, yes, good margin. Uh, <laughs> I got one left today. Build the carrier, build the shipper 14.8, pay the carrier 6,800. Jesus. 14.8, you build the customer? Yeah, I do it every year for the same price. 14.8. Reefer hazmat. You pay but the carrier 6.8? Last year, yeah, last, last year and the year before, I was paying the carrier, well, during COVID, I was paying 10. Last year, I paid eight. This year, I paid 68. So, you know, going back to that question just a minute ago about trends, I'm not trending up. I'm trending down as far as carrier pay. No, of course. In, the, I mean, in those same lanes. Yeah, see, that's my point. Look, you paid eight last year, the same lane, and you're paying six, eight now. So that supports everything. Like the market as a carrier on the spot market is like this. There's like one load for every thousand trucks it feels like every single load you call is booked in seconds as soon as you book the load they find the truck 50 dollars cheaper i mean like the market on the spot market is brutal and like you said it's trending down um anyone who says it's recovering anyone who says it's trending up um you know they just got excited from last month's storm last month's hazard pay type of stuff um, the market is definitely definitely not trending up um, in any considerable yeah. Now, it may be trending up in the contracted market, which, you know, 80% of all the freight is moved back, is contracted. There may be some some trending up there because, uh, you know, maybe the Q2, Q3, it'll go up. So, obviously, you know, carriers and shippers, you know, may, maybe, but I don't play in that market. I yeah. mean, I have contracted freight, but they're more like lane agreements. They're not RFQs, so... I mean, I just, I got an Excel spreadsheet. I'll say, I'll do these for this. And everybody's in agreement. And, and you know, they're the same and, unless I have, yeah. unless I have to make an adjustment. You know? I like that type of contracted freight where it's not like a signed contract deal. It's just like, Hey, I got this load every Monday, every Wednesday you want it for this price. And you book it a week or two in advance. I mean, that's the type of freight I, I like to move where it's just my, my best brokers, best friends and stuff. Telling me, hey, in two weeks, we're going to run these two loads for this price. You want it? Yes, I do. Thank you. I mean, the, the, the handshake deals, that, that's the best way to move freight, in my opinion. It is. How's, uh, how's things been on the carrier side? I mean, are you uh, are you seeing, I mean, is the carrier happy at that 6,800 rate or, you know, carriers negotiating for more? So when I initially, so this is a uh, regular care, but had never went to Washington. So uh, I use them for other hazmat lanes. He hit me at 72 and my email reply is just pretty simple. Ah, man, I can't do that. Then he comes back what you can do. And I said, ah, I was thinking 68. He said, I can do 68. You know, he's trying to get a little more. I get it. $400 isn't going to break him. You know, so. Um, is that Daniel? Yeah. No, no, Daniel. But Daniel is doing a load for me next Tuesday. Actually, he's doing two. He's doing a load next Tuesday and then the following Tuesday for me. John and I had a carrier. Nitro. For you guys don't know, John and I had a carrier we both uh, both used for uh, for hazmat. Great carrier. Yep. Yeah, I talked to Daniel yesterday. Uh, good guy. He's actually expanded his fleet. He's added um, another eight or nine trucks. Uh, and there's carriers. I talked to carriers where, you know, one of my house carriers in uh, Dalton, Georgia, they added a couple more trucks, you know, um, there's people adding to their fleet. 
Yeah. Is Daniel doing all right in this market still? I haven't talked to him. Um, no, I mean, like he says, it's not, you know, 2020-21 money, but, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's growing his, his fleet. I mean, I think that's, like, the, the principle. Like, there is money to make. Like, it's not like you can't make money. I think if you go into the, this, this situation with the right attitude and you're willing to put in the, the work, I mean, there's money out there. There's loads out there. Like, I hauled two loads back-to-back. -back. I made 2.2K on 400 miles power only, keeping a guy local, like, in the past two days. I mean, that's good money. Like, guy wants to stay home every day. He's making a 1000 bucks a day driving 200 miles. I mean, you can't complain. You know, there, there is money out yeah. there. Do you still have that driver sitting, Alex? Alex has got a new driver that he claims won't move from his house. Yeah, this is the same guy, actually. He just made, like, that 2.2K. And then uh, I called him in the morning. He's brand new, first week with me. And I offered him a load. And he goes, let me get to the delivery, and I'll call you back. And I told him, buddy, if you don't make your choice now, that load's going to be gone in 10 seconds. Like, by the time I hang up this phone, that load's going to be gone. He goes, no, I don't care. I'm going to go to the delivery. And then he called me 20 minutes later. He's like, okay, do you have that load? I told him, no. <laughs> In this market, man, you, if I call you with a load, that's already risky. Most of my drivers trust me. You know, they let me book their freight according to how they like to run. And, you know, like in this market, if I have to say, hey, let me call my driver, that load's gone usually. So. Yeah, time, can, time definitely kills deals. Yeah. Did you get him booked, though? Is he still sitting there or you get him, uh, get him another load? Uh, he declined two two loads, so I'm gonna uh, run this podcast and you know get get back to him. I'm gonna let him think for an hour, you know, about about his life and and stay with his wife at home. I'm sure he's relaxing, you know. You think he's watching the podcast? I highly doubt it. Um, <laughs> I highly doubt it. <laughs> I hope not. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, we got a comment from YouTube. I don't know who Roth Chastain is. I feel like I should, but I don't. Driver. Ah, driver. Okay. Yeah, get this, John. So a couple days ago, Alex posts some broker like yelling at him, cussing him out on LinkedIn, and like threatening a freight guard. I'm on the phone with Alex uh, about the podcast. He gets an incoming call on his other line. You know, it was pretty impressive, actually. The CEO or president of this brokerage in Tennessee called Alex up to give a personal apology for his uh, broker's behavior. And the guy's not even active on LinkedIn. So it's kind of wow. wild. I mean, yeah. I don't agree with Alex posting that stuff, but it was good on. Uh, hey, you know, this is kind of how it goes. The replies to my posts said I should do, you know, I should reach out to them and talk to his boss. And I was really busy. I mean, I hired a bunch of trucks. I don't have time to put my work down. I'm getting threatened with a freight guard. I make a post publicly saying this guy is unprofessional this is unacceptable the boss took his you know due diligence 20 minutes later he tracked me down he you know took five minutes of my day to say sorry you're not going to get a freight guard and i told him honestly i appreciate that i'm going to go take all my posts down i appreciate you know you we ended up getting set up and you know maybe we'll work together in the future so if uh you know sometimes you don't have time man sometimes you got to get ahead of things because if I didn't make that post, maybe he would have put a freight guard on my company. And then I'm going to go spend, you know, countless hours and days trying to get it removed. So it is what it is, man. I mean, you got to, sometimes you got to 
play dirty, man. They're playing dirty. You got to play a little dirty. We got uh, we got different styles for sure. But um, <laughs> speaking of getting set up, you know, our sponsors said you're still not set up with them. They've been they never filled out their. Hey, I tried uh, to get. I tried to get back with uh, what was his name, Ray? Right? We had Ray on the podcast. Yeah. I tried to get back with him, and then I think he didn't reply, and then I didn't reply, and then my boss didn't do the setup. So yeah, you gotta get going about. on the setup. They sponsor our yeah. show, and you can't even do their carrier setup. Yeah, I gotta haul a bunch of their freight to make up for that. Man. <laughs> I mean, John, I what's mean, like, up with you, man? What's new with you? Well, what's I mean, here's great. So, so in since in the last two minutes, I've got three loads. Like, so I got. Uh, uh, Steve sending me over. I got to pick some French fries up for him out of uh, uh, Rochelle, Illinois. And I got two more hazmat loads that I got to move. And, you know, all they do is just send me an email that says need to deliver them by 3-1 or whatever. And then I, I just set them up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I mean, uh, so right there, th- uh, three loads. Ready to go. I love, yeah. I love it. It's a, I mean, and I'm out here with these great people here in beautiful Daytona and everything's good i mean you know i, I can't I, I'm, I'm blessed i'm fortunate you know I, you know a lot of hard work's paid off for me um you know some i just feel good i mean i think the best freight honestly i have a broker that, that we work like this he sends me an email saying this is the load this is what it pays pick up delivery do you want it i tell him pick up at this time delivery at that time i get a recon i don't even talk to the guy i mean we're moving mm-hmm. You know, we're moving volume together every month. We barely even call each other. Like, it's at a certain point, it's that simple. They send you an email, you take the freight. I mean, I love that. I got, when you build that relationship where you, you don't, can work call, just you don't call the guy, Alex, try to build the, build the relationship, the connection with the broker. Oh, we've been together three years, man. Uh, maybe a little more. I mean, at this point, we call each other only if there's a problem. So, <laughs> I've got a client in Georgia. And I've had them since COVID. They were referral. And if you call this lady, she'll never answer. Never. I've never spoken to her. So if you email her, she doesn't reply. But when she needs me, she emails me. Now I'm. It's a well. Send her something at Christmas. No reply. Send her some cupcakes. No reply. I'm thinking, well, shit. Some other broker backdoored me or something. But nope. Every three or four weeks, I don't do a whole lot of volume. Every three or four weeks, she'll say, "Hey, I need you to pick this up and run it over here." I take it to her co-packer and then and then back, and then I bring sausage up and back. And and there's just some people that's the way they do they do business. You know what I mean? How do you, how'd you get in with her? She never answers the phone or doesn't answer emails. So so they was uh, so the, she replaced another lady. Um, so I, I got the refer, so the referral, the other lady, she left and went on and this, this lady here took over, done an introduction email. Um, but I've never spoken to her said, she's going to be taken over. I'm, I'm leaving the company. Um, John knows what we do. He, he does it all the time. You know what I mean? And that was that. And, but I mean, like I said, I just wait for her email and, and now she'll reply when I'm, she'll reply to me. When it's something to do with her load. So, you know, if I say, hey, I've got this scheduled to pick up the co-packer, which is in St. Louis. You know, hey, to pick up here and they'll be down at your place here. And sometimes I have to do a drop in between. Sometimes I have to do a split and do a drop before I get down to Savannah. And she'll answer. But just for, for a small talk or wanting to say, hey, how you doing? How's the kids? I, 
she's just not into that. Have you uh, stopped sending her cupcakes and things for Christmas, or you still uh, still no. do it? Well, absolutely not. I still send send her. I take care. I send everything to my clients the same. Every you know, so every quarter I do something for clients, and um, that's always paid me out real well. Um, there was a comment I made this morning. Um, I think the gentleman, uh, Lashawn Brown, maybe that was him. I, I can't remember, but anyway, the guy was you know had a customer. He got about ten loads. And he said he sent him some Landstar swag, which was like a calendar and some stuff this morning. And I, and I, you know, I got to thinking about that. So think about it. So when he replied, so when he, he's like, Hey, did you get my little Landstar care package? And she's like, yeah, I gave it to my shipping guy. So, so what that tells you is she, she didn't find what he sent interesting. And I got to thinking, you know what? She probably didn't. So she has a job. She had a job to pick, you know, she had a job to, um, you know, to take her customer's product and get it shipped. But, you know, getting a calendar, some Landstar semi-trucks, she's probably not interested in that. That's not, to me, that's not personal, right? So for, and, and he's not one of her favorite brokers. It's kind of the theme. So, he, so should he dismiss her and move on? or continue to try to build a relationship. So I try to find do a little recon, find out about her. You know, she might, if you send her a sexy fireman's calendar, she might not, uh, she might not give that one to the shipping guy. Right. Or if you send a, or if you send a, um, um, maybe like something more personal, like cupcakes or something, she's probably not going to give those to the shipping guy. So you have to think like that, you know, because, these people just do a job and she's probably not excited. It's point A to point B. So unless you're passionate about it, like me, I'm not excited about the fact that I'm going to move some French fries next week on the 26th. You know what I mean? But, um, but you got to make it personal. And those relationships are personal. Remember, you know, Ziegler said it best, you know, people, uh, you know, selling the transference of feeling people won't remember what you said or did, but they would, they will remember how you made you feel. So I try to make my clients feel special. I got my first uh, swag bag from a brokerage um, because he lives in the same country as me. Uh, so I felt kind of cool about it because nobody's going to ship me stuff. But uh, when we did the interview with that guy, the, the European broker, he gave me, um, he has a bunch of bags for customers, you know, like with a cup, pen, notebook. Just everything branded for his company. And sure. uh, I'm walking out. He goes, hey, here, take this. Uh, that was like the first time I got to get well, Megacorp, Megacorp sent you something because they sent me stuff. You just yeah, everything have goes it, your boss, boss has it. Uh, like I don't get to physically hold them yet, but I will at some point. Did she get it, though, the stuff from Megacorp? I'm not sure, man. Truck Stop's supposed to have sent us something. I don't know. I forget about that stuff. But I'm sure I'll get it eventually. John, I want to ask you something. Because you posted that picture of your watch, and uh, I kind of made fun of you about it. And um, last night, I was watching some watch video. And so this is my favorite watch in the world. Okay, that's terrible quality. But, I mean, you get the point. It's a Rolex Day-Date, you know? Yep. And that watch runs anywhere between four and 50000 So that's my favorite watch. I just found out that Tudor, which is Rolex's cheaper brand, makes the same watch. Like, but it's only two, three grand. I guess in American it's probably three, three and a half. What do you think, John? Well, it looks good. 
uh, spend the money, roll it a spot, you know? Uh, no, are you even wearing your watch? Where is your watch, John? No, I don't. Oh, no, down here. I just got the old Apple watch on here. Yeah. Uh, I, my watches, I only wear, I only wear like wa my watches when I'm in like uh, shirt tie dinner function. You know what I mean? It, it's, it sets in a box. They set in boxes in, on my dresser. Yeah. I mean, Ron, I, you got to get your uh, employee on the show, Brendan. So we can ask him some questions about what it's like working with John. Uh, he's he not my employee. No, he's not my employee. He's my client's employee, but we work together. Yeah. Uh, but he reports to you, right? He does, yes. Yeah, we get him on here, man, so we can ask him some uh, freight questions. I doubt he's going to do that. <laughs> he may have had one too many of those uh, those apples. Yeah, maybe he had one too, many, uh, one too many drinks. Oh, yesterday he was he was smoking a cigar, drinking. He's like, he's like, because we so they have the Richard Petty driving experience here, and say it's really it's basically a buck a, it's a hundred dollars for every minute. So if you want to do eight minutes, it's eight hundred bucks. If you want to do twenty eight minutes, I think they give you a little discount. It's like forty three hundred bucks. He's like, oh yeah, let's go do. It. Of course, he's shit faced, right? He's like, oh yeah, let's go do this. And he's like, I'm coming back here next year. I think I'm gonna buy one of your campers like you got. And of course, this morning I was like, hey Brendan, what do you think about all this? Ah, oh, you know, I was, well, I, the, the alcohol was talking. So. I mean, how are you liking your camper? How's that going? I've been looking into renting maybe something similar and driving around. So I went to Barcelona recently, and I thought maybe to, to get an apartment for a month. I did some research, and it cost me three, dollars $4,000 to rent an apartment for a month. And I get half of it back after for the deposit. It's about two grand. And I was thinking, man, I could like buy something and just go wherever I want with it. I mean, how's that going for you? So I like the camper. It's kind of a unique one. There's not another one like it because it's kind of an out, outlander camper, but I really like it um, because I've got a lot of stuff planned for it. So after here, then I'm going to the Bristol race in March. So I'm going to take it up there and to, for Bristol. Then uh, I'm taking it to um, uh, Kenny Chesney. What's it? Well, let me do an order. Then I'm going to take it to um, Journey and uh, Def Leppard at Nissan Stadium. Titan Stadium. Then I'm going to do, and then I've got it. Then I'm going to do uh, a weekend. We're going to go down to Kenny Chesney, which I went to Kisney, Kenny Chesney uh, last year. So we're going to take it down to Kenny Chesney, uh, which is a Saturday. And then we're going to do, um, and then we've got it for CMA Country Fest, which is a four day event. So I'll be slinging freight on Thursday, Friday from the CMA Fest and Saturday, Sunday. And, that, and that's in Nashville. So it's only, you know, two hours from my house. So I've already got that reserved. Uh, then, you know, we'll do some family camping sometimes this summer on the weekends because there's plenty of that, you know, within a couple, three hours of where I live because you got North Carolina and Tennessee. But, yeah, it's, it's doing a great job. Um, you know, uh, Brendan's comfortable. He's in the bunk. I'm in the king bed. All is good. John, how far ahead? What was that? What so was that? You didn't give him the king bed and take the, uh, take the bunk? You know? Nah, hell, he was too shit-faced last night. Hell, he would have slept on the ground out here, but it's been fine. John, how far ahead do you plan your life, man? I mean, that that was oh. like that was an insane amount of pre-planning I've ever seen from anybody about anything. Like, well, I plan everything in it. I, I plan everything. I mean, I just like I plan my freight. So, um, and I knew I was coming here, so I moved a couple shipments around, you know, and uh, you know, like I'll. Like, I was like, hey, Steve, do you mind if these, I, I don't give a shit. I don't need them for two weeks. So, you know, 
but um, that's kind of the way, you know, I always plan things. So I've got everything planned because obviously we're going to Mexico the week of March. We fly March 9th and then come back that following Friday. Um, and then I go to Bristol that Sunday, well, Saturday. So I have a short turn when I get back. Then we're going to, um, and then, you know, obviously I got a s- summer vacation planned. And then the only one left I have to plan is my uh, fall break vacation for the family. So, yeah, I plan, I plan in advance everything. I mean, for God's sake, I track how much money I spend on milk every year. I plan on everything. You track that? <laughs> I saw yeah. that. Man. I saw yeah. that. You and the milk and the orange juice and all, all that. Yeah, I actually have a post written that comes out on Saturday, Saturday about inflation. You've done like the living difference. You've done like seventy-five posts about inflation over the last year, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I but yeah, I got good news. Um, so basically, I went to pick up a trailer with a flat tire on the pickup, and I uh, asked the broker, "What do you want me to do?" And he told me, hey, like, can you just, I'll pay you to get air in the tire. I'm in the middle of nowhere, Arkansas. And uh, I told him, okay, let me find a truck stop. Let's see, can we limp it somewhere? There's no truck stop. And my driver's panicking. He's like, oh, what am I going to do, bro? It's Friday. I don't want to lose this load. I found some truck repair shop, like a pickup truck repair shop in Arkansas. And I called the lady. I was like, hey, can I send my semi truck there? Can you put air in his tire? And Because I saw they have a lot big enough to fit the truck. And that lady was so cool. She's like, yeah, send your truck. We'll help them out. And they put nice. air in it. They helped them out. They didn't even charge them. Like, so we're good to go find Give them a tip at least. Who? The driver. Yeah, the driver. Gave the driver yeah, I'm sure he gave them like 20 bucks minimum. Like, So, I mean, that's cool. See, that's the part of trucking I love. You know, when you have an issue and you just call like a random citizen, like they're just a, a random tire repair shop that deals with pickup trucks. And they're out here, you know, they want to help us out. And I mean, I like that stuff, man. Helping drivers stay on the road, be safe. Those are the type of stories you should share on LinkedIn, man. Instead of, uh, oh, I will. No, no, I'm going to give them a shout out. I actually have their company name saved. Like, uh, it's going to be like that lady just saved my Friday. Like, the driver's on the road where we didn't get charged, where we're on route, we kept our freight. So, that that is going to be those people deserve a quick shout out. Stuttgart, Arkansas, the middle of rice land. All they ship is rice from there. You gotta, you gotta have that same energy for getting your owner operator booked. The one who's at his house for the end of that. Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I, I have this philosophy where if I offer you multiple loads and you decline them, then you just you kind of get pushed to the side for a little bit. You know, like, I mean, you gotta in this market, you gotta be reasonable, man. Like, if I offer you two, three, three loads, that might I might only get one load throughout the day. So, I mean, if you want to work, let's go to work. If you want to be at home, then be at home. You know, um, you can't really have it both ways. Absolutely. Share well, it off the pot. Let, let's talk some sales, guys. I know probably all these people or twenty people on LinkedIn and whoever's watching on YouTube, they probably want to hear us talk some. You know, some sales Drive stuff. the as conversation, as, Matt. Ask some questions. John's as, ready. As I'm much ready. as Alex hates the topic of uh, topic of sales, so um, you know, maybe John, I'll, you, maybe I'll look at DAT for the owner op while you guys talk sales. <laughs> John, what do you uh, what do you, what do you what do you think, man? In the uh, you seeing your shippers getting any better? Uh, you know, sales, sales, uh, sales calls. Huh? Oh. 
John. Now say that again. I'm sorry. I got a guy was selling stickers. Sorry. What was that? No, I was saying, are you are your shippers seeing better sales emails, better sales calls? I mean, what are you what are you seeing out there? The ones they share with me are the same old. You know, I swear to God, if I ran, I, I don't. If I was a CEO of any company or president or VP, if I heard anybody say I got trucks and blah blah blah, and they're standing by five hundred miles, you know, within fifty miles away, and I can save you money. I, I'd fire every one of them. Hell, I probably wouldn't have any employees. But I mean, I, I trust me. I, I see my, you know, because I have clients that are shippers, right? You know, and so I, you know, I, they share those with me. I, I, they're they're horrible. They're ugly. Um, they're, you know, a lot of them are, you know, some of them are overseas. Some of them are, you know, like they have a, they're they're a carrier with one or two trucks. So they try to play, you know, we're asset based, that kind of thing. But you know, nobody's building, you know, the, the guys are successful. So there's tons of people that we engage with on LinkedIn daily that are successful and they get it. But then there's so many. And that again, goes back to training. Uh, I talked to a guy today. I talked to, I'm sorry. I talked to a guy yesterday that uh, he's with, he's, he's um, pulling down good money. He's with a company. They pay 20 bucks an hour. Um, and then once you exceed the $20 an hour, the, the $20 goes away. So it's a draw. And then you get 25%, you know, and he made the company 650, 700,000 last year. And he made 165. I think we talked to the same guy. I have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we did. He mentioned, uh, mentioned talking to you. Obviously we're going to keep that, keep that confidential. Is that the same? Oh, yeah, uh, I would never. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. He is. Yes. Um, you know, and I shared with him obviously a little bit about my fight with the non-compete non-solicit. He is under one. Um, you know, I, I was very real with the guy. Um, you know, we'll see what he does, but I gave him some advice. I, I told him not to take your advice about hiding as being a sub agent under someone else. I told him John's trying to sell you for 10 or 15%. <laughs> It was 15, by the way. Yeah. I mean, but I, you know, again, 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 I don't know if I want to take that risk. You know what I mean? But, you know, you I told him we were talking. You offered me that. And I, I, told I you did. That. I did. Yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. And here's the thing. You should have took You should have took that deal because I might have spent the money and fought him. Hey, if somebody gives me an over-under on John's margin on any situation in life, not even regarding logistics, I'm always taking the over side of that margin. Like, I'll hire – so Jonathan Pollard's a bulldog, man. I'll hire the guy. He's 700 bucks an hour. Even if I talk to him for an hour and pay him 700 he'll give me the truth. You know, hey, he'll say, yeah, you're – you know, you got a strong case. Let's go kick their ass. Or he'll say, you know, you might, you know, you might not win this one. In my case, when I approached him with my non-compete, he's like, dude. And then I, and then I was like, and I swear to God, he was like, Johnny was like, you know, we're going through all this. And, and it's a lot of legal stuff I didn't understand. And I kind of educated myself a little bit throughout the process. But, you know, he got him for contempt of court. And, like, he was a bulldog. I mean, and really turned him off at every single pass. Like, he was a superior, his work product was superior. Right. And you, you know, and I was like, John, what are we going to do? And he's like, dude, you just do what you do best, make effing money. So I just continued to do what I do, continue to build my book, continue to do everything. He continued to do what he was good at. And ultimately I prevailed. 
Yeah. But you I mean, also spent, you also spent one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. I mean, most people. One hundred seventy one thousand. Okay, one hundred seventy one. Sorry, I forgot the extra thousand. Yeah, but, but, funny, if, you most, look at but it, if you're making a million yeah. bucks and spend one seventy one, who's winning? Just the cost of yeah, you're winning long term. But if you have that, you have to have that capital capital saved up. Right, and then not only that, so I get my money. So then I win, get money back, all that, and then I get to write off the hundred seventy one grand on my taxes. I'm like, hell yes. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's tough, man. I mean, I'm seeing it a lot in my inbox from you know people who are at W twos and have like the guy we're talking about right now. You know, is doing a million in profit. You know, a lot of those guys are starting to get real irritated with, you know, some of these top plans and some of these, you know, big brokerages. I think the agent models are, you know, gaining, you know, gaining popularity. At least that's what I'm seeing out there. Well, you're, you're, they're, they're, the comp plans are changing. I mean, my comp plan changed four times in 11 months. One time before I even started at RNL, they already changed the comp plan. Since then, I bet you they've changed the comp plan 10 times. Hey, ask Bobby how many times his comp plans changed in two years. I'll get you an answer on that here in a minute. In four years. Bobby's been there four years, right? Ask Bobby how many times his comp plan's changed in four years. There's a guy that we hired in with at R&L. Well, if he'll tell you. I guarantee you his comp plan's changed eight or ten times, right? Because because that's just what they do. And it's never favorable to the employee. Even though you're still digging, you're still in the trenches – and you're going to continue to see that until market until the market improves. I mean, at RNL it was focused on margin. Then they changed it to load count. Now they changed it just take anything. You know, we don't. And it was they wanted if you could you couldn't qualify for a bonus unless you made at least two hundred and fifty dollars on each shipment. I mean, I'm not there now, but I bet you in this market, if you made twenty five dollars, they would want you to take that business. You know, so. And, and that's the thing is that the, the employee is the one that's, that's losing. And then, of course, they're bound with their non-compete, non-solicit that's killing them. I mean, I mean, it's a it's it's a risk you take. I mean, being an agent, I get it. I never yeah. thought I never dreamed. And, and it made sense. Jonathan Pollard said this comment when we first he said, John, they don't sue the bottom 10 percent. They don't sue those guys. Those guys don't can't hurt them, but they'll surely sue the the top 10%, the ones that really built the relationship. I mean, I, I mean, one client I got in their pocket. I mean, just one client by in, in, in profit, two, two clients, $3 million, two clients, $3 million. That's, that's pretty significant. Just two clients. No, I mean, I, I agree with you, but I think it is important, at least when I tell W2 reps, you know, are looking to be agents who talk to me. I mean, I try to explain all the risks of the situation as well. And, you know, what to do, what not to do from people that I've seen or, you know, my own experiences. I mean, I think you got to be careful just, you know, telling these W2 reps, Oh yeah, you got nothing to worry about. Just go take your book of business. and It's all, all going to be peachy and work out. I mean, you got to be realistic and you know honest, honest with people as well. I mean, well, I think, and that's what, and that's what recruiters are saying. Like, the recruiter that's just trying to bring on business and gets paid. Now, think about it. Even if the guy comes on, and we'll take your situation. Now, I mean, I don't let's obviously not go Chris was no, 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 let me be general. Let, right, let me be general with that. Here, here's what I'm saying is recruiters are going to say what they want to be because they get their commission base. They get paid when they bring somebody on. 
So you take a guy and he comes on for six months, right? And then his company, the old company finally sends a non-compete. The guy got in revenue for six months. You know what I mean? He got paid for six months for you, right? So because typically recruiters get paid for a couple years on your book of business. So, but is that the right way to do business? Absolutely not. And I would never, and you're 100% right. I would never do that. Here, here, here are the rewards. Here's all the, the warm and fuzzies. But here on this other side is the risk. And I was very clear about the risk. Didn't sugarcoat it. You may get the letter. They may go away. You might get sued, you know, and, and like I told them, you know, I've, heard, I've talk, probably talked to 15 or 20 people that have had, that have been sued for non-compete, non-solicits, and it's always, they get caught the same way. It's always the same way. They get a POD from their carrier. The POD types in, so in my case, John, so they type in JR, and instead of sending it to JR at shipldi.com, they send it to JR at myow2.com. Yeah, I mean, I don't think and, that's the only you know, way, though. I mean, I, I had an agent that I recruited that got caught a couple months ago, and he sent emails from his W-2 to his agent email and was still working at both at the same time, and then he updated his LinkedIn profile. He didn't get caught because of a carrier. He got caught. It worked out for him. He was able to negotiate, you know, and the agent program you know, helped him out, and they figured it out. But nice. I mean, he got caught because he was sending emails. You know, when, when you leave, you have to be very, very careful what you do, where you send what, what you click, you know, there's, it's not, I don't think that's the only way to get caught. Well, the way I did it is one, you know, I planned my exit about a month before I actually left. So I was already set up, already got my orders for August from a couple clients, right. That I do like food and stuff that's set up, you know, four or six weeks out. And, you know, I, I left it this way. I said, Hey, look, I'm under a non -com I'm under, obviously mine was a non-solicit. It was a non-compete but it was close. It was, it was titled as an unsolicited. You know, I told my clients pretty, you know, pretty, um, you know, say, Hey, uh, you know, I really can't contact you, which let me, for those that are listening, most non-solicits have this word and it's direct or indirect. Direct does mean you call them. Indirect means they call you again. If you agree to that, it, it's a double-edged sword, right? So anyway, I said, hey, look, I'm going somewhere else. I am under a non-solicit, meaning I cannot reach out to you. But if you like the way I do business, give me a call. And, of course, it started out with uh, six, six clients that followed me and then ended up being about 12 or 13. Yeah, I think that's important what you, what you just said. Because a lot of people are like, oh, I can just leave and have the customers call me and then I can't get sued. Uh, a lot, there's a lot of miseducation on non-solicits, non-competes, the length of them, the validity of them. I mean, if you just go on LinkedIn, there's, I mean, you should always consult a lawyer, but obviously you have direct experience. You know, I have some direct experience. I work with people, recruit people who have experience with that. I mean, sometimes there's talking heads that think because, you know, in Arkansas County, the law is this way and this happened that that's like, how it works in the whole U.S. and that's you know simply not the case, right? And, and again, I, I don't wish it on anybody. It was uh, basically two years for me. Um, they got a they got a un, very unfavorable arbitration award, which was not binding, meaning 
that if they don't agree with it, the next, the only other end result is trial and trials get very expensive. If I would have have went to trial, my cost in addition to the 171 was another probably 250, 250 grand. A lot of trial prep work. It's not one attorney, it's three attorneys. It's four or five days of trial or three or four days, you know, expert witnesses. Some of my clients would have probably testified and, and they were willing to do this. That's how big of a relationship I had with those guys that they were willing to actually testify. Um, you know, so that would have been another two, 250 grand somewhere in that ballpark. So it gets expensive. It also gets expensive on there. And they may have used another trial. They probably would not have used the attorney that had handled the case up until then. They would have probably had to go spend more money with an actual trial attorney because this guy was an employment attorney. So he really wasn't best. And that was my saving grace. Uh, I mean, uh, Matt, Al I can't remember Matt's last name, but it was their counsel Armstead or something. I think was his name. He was out of like Fort Myers or somewhere. But anyway, the dude was an employer lawyer. He was playing in the non-compete, non-solicit. He was very inexperienced. I was his first case. It made a lot of bad moves. My my attorney told me, John, if they had hired me, they would have probably got me an injunction and I would have been out of the business and I wouldn't be here right now talking to you folks because I would have been probably slinging cars somewhere in a car dealership somewhere. Yeah, you, know you got I mean? lucky so that your, that your I got YouTube lucky. company had a very bad attorney, it sounds like. Um, they did. They did. I, but, I mean, I, I think it's important, I mean, like what we're talking about now, I mean, a lot of the risks, but, I mean, I, I thought about making, you know, a post sometime about, you know, if you are looking to leave a W-2 to go to another W-2 or an agent, I mean, there's about, I think, 10 different things that you have to, whether it be your LinkedIn activity, how you communicate when you leave, who you tell, you know, there's so many different, you know, examples and things that go into it, you know, it's not a, not a simple thing. I mean, Absolutely. I'll on the topic and the only kind of aspect that I know how to is with that whole recruiting thing. Like, I mean, every time I open my LinkedIn, somebody's making a post like, oh, B&W2 is a disaster. Don't you want to like sit at your house and listen to music and make fucking million dollars and, you know, come be an agent? I think people are really, really selling. Like, like you said, it's commission-based recruiters or more often than not, it's like the owner of the agent program. And I think people are selling sunshine and rainbows, man, because I've had some conversations about the agent thing. And I mean, bro, there it's not like, hey, be your own boss, get rich. Like, that's not how that goes right away. Uh, no, I mean, you and you, you've got to be Brendan. He's in the background. Yeah, he's uh, walking around. you got to be honest. Like, you've got to be 100 percent honest. Um, and recruiters that are blowing some smoke and mirrors. Right. You know, so like LDI, for example. Unless you have a current book, they're not going to put you on, right? So, like Lydia, I believe she had zero book of business, and Freight Tech took a risk on her, and then she built her business after she was set up with Freight Tech, and then went out and got shippers. LDI, on the other hand, you've got active, you know, you've got to have active book of business, or they're not going to bring you on, or you're going to be, you know, uh, you got to move, you know. So that week that you're signing up, you better be moving freight, right? But you're you're absolutely right. I think. You hit the nail on the head, Alex. People are not people are not being honest with them. And and there's some risks there. You want to get a bad taste in your mouth. I'd rather shoot somebody straight. Can you make a million bucks? 
Absolutely. Can you make 500000 Absolutely. I mean, I go back to this. If, even if you did list freight, which I don't do, but if you did, if you make $100 a day, I mean, I'm sorry, $100 a load times five loads a day yeah. on a five-day work week, that's hundred and thirty grand. And chances are the majority of people that are listening to this podcast, and obviously the data shows, I posted about it a couple weeks ago, the data shows the average freight broker makes – somewhere between 50 and 70 is the average, even the top 10 percentile are only at 98, um, that you're making 130 at five loads a day at $100. You know what I mean? So can you make more than just a W-2? Sure. But you better be good on your sales game. I mean, you better, you, you better, you, you better have the discipline at the house like when I when I was in Florida working from home, my family would leave, go to like the grocery store in the mall and come back. And I never knew they left because I was zoned in <laughs> to my computer, like serious, moving freight. And oh. I never knew they left, you know, I mean, my truck was a year and a half old and had 3000 miles on it. They were they were weeks. I never left my house, especially yeah. during COVID, because I'm moving freight seven days a week. Boom, 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 boom. Right. I mean, I'm in the same boat, man. Like, I work from home. I don't have a car because I don't. I literally, like, there's this running joke with me and my group of friends and my girlfriend, my family. Like, I don't leave my house. Like, I'm planning on buying a house in a village. And everybody told me, oh, like, you're young. Why are you going to leave, you know, a big, you know, booming city to go live in a village? And I told people, because it doesn't matter where I am, man. This desk and this computer, that's, like, where I live. Like, it doesn't matter where in the world I am. I'm just at my desk, you know? Like you said, like there's times like I'll go seven, eight, nine days. I don't leave my house. My girlfriend brings cigarettes home for me. She goes buys the groceries. Like I can easily go multiple days and not even realize that I haven't left the house yet. So, right. And I mean, Holy crap! Fox Thirty Five is here live on TV, guys. These are the guys <laughs> that brought the. These are the guys that. This is breaking news. These are the guys that brought the thirty thirty pops. From they're from Buffalo, New York. So oh, dude. Hey, dude, this guy's eating a hot dog. What was your name again? Nick. Nick. This is Nick, guys. Yeah, and what's your name again? Kyle. Kyle. These guys are from Buffalo, New York. They're big Buffalo. Did you offer me a hot dog? Oh, you okay, great. All right. What is going oh, on here? All right. These guys, this is the this guy right here is the guy that got so drunk. This guy here that slept on this table. He pushed all the grill off. He pulled the grill off and everything and slept and slept on the table. It was great stuff, man. Why don't you recruit him to be brokers? Uh, these guys are like oil field workers. I don't know if they're the brokers. Hey, maybe it's an opportunity to get some freight, John. Oil field freight. I do some oil field freight. Thank you. All right. So what else are we doing, guys? I'm not sure. Alex looks like he's on the phone trying to maybe book a load for Thank the you. guy who's at his house. So what is um, – let's go back to sales. I mean, again, you guys got to be different. You got a brand. I mean, that's that's the big thing. And a lot of people don't do it. I, I get them – there's a girl that I, I helped. I did a phone call last year with her, and I kind of mentor her. We don't – and she sends me messages, and she's doing video, right? It's her and her – it's her and her husband. They're independent agents. And she's getting two to three new clients every month. 
I, I wish I had a way to screenshot it, but I don't. But she's doing two to three clients every month using video and branding herself. And I'm telling you, you so think about, about so her. think about it. It's I did, yeah. It's the same. It's the same girl, and she just sent me a message within the last week, and and it was awesome. She's like, John, I'm picking up two and three clients a week using video. So think about it. if you made if you sent out a hundred videos, and you added two or three customers from those hundred videos, is that not worth it? I mean, I don't know what the. I mean, it might be a five thousand month customer. But it might be a fifty thousand dollar a month customer. I, I mean, I don't know the answer to that. But is like she that's using bomb she. Uh, she is. Yes, she's using bomb bomb. Yeah. Bomb bomb's cool because you can see if they actually open the video. And then that's when you reach out to them. You're like, when they play it, and you're like, and then you call them up, and they're like, dude, it's crazy. I just, I just opened your email because they don't know, it. and you're like. Man, we must be made to work together because, I mean, great minds think alike, right? I mean, and then you can see how many times they played it, how long they played it for, if they forward it to somebody else. I mean, so there's a lot of data that you can get. Actually, BombBomb has an app, so it'll, it'll show up, and then you can do that. And in the car business, I mean, it was very common to do to, to text videos to people's cell phones. And Zoom Info gives you a lot of decision-makers' cell phones i'm not you know here's the thing if the guy's never going to do business with me great i'm not bashful to send the guy a video to his cell phone because most people if you you might have a hundred unread emails but nobody has a hundred unread text messages if that if i get that little red bubble i'm answering text messages immediately and so is everybody else. So is my wife. So is my son. Everybody is. So are you. You don't, you know. And and so I, if he's never going to do business with me, but there's a chance he might, I'll send him a nice video. I, I'm thinking about spending 2500 bucks on that Cameo app and having Mr. Wonderful do a 30-second spot for me. He's 2500 bucks. Hey, I said like, that. I said yeah, that cameo and, thing. Like I remember talking yeah, about that. Yeah, and it's all those famous people. So like Mr. Yeah, Wonderful, yeah, yeah. which I'm a fan of Mr. Wonderful and Shark Tank. Yeah, and I have that, that dude and I had that dude say, Man, when I need shipping, I call John Rogers, the bad the bad, you know, the the bald fat guy or something, you know. That's yeah, some please, catchy tune. John, please do it and please give me the video that I need to see. I would I love that guy. He used to be on Dragons Den, which is the Canadian version of Shark Tank. Oh, I grew up watching that guy. I still I watched I binge watched like two seasons uh, about a month ago. If you do that cameo job, please please send it to me. I'll make that our intro for everybody. John's not doing sales so anymore. He he's retired from the sales aspect. He, I mean, yeah, I, I'm, on, I mean I'm where I need to be, it, it, but it would be nice to have have it anyway. I mean, twenty five hundred bucks. Have it in your pocket, you know, if you ever yeah. need it in the future. Absolutely. <laughs> I think there's I mean, so many ways to do it, though. I mean, I was just making a LinkedIn post. There's this guy I know. He's never done a prospecting email in his life. I don't think he even checked calls to see if things are delivered. I mean, he's very disorganized. He does. He never visited a customer. He believes that he'd lose freight if he visited customers. The guy does 80 to 100K. Now he's one guy underneath him, but 80 to 100K in profit a month. He's just relentless. Really? He'll just call people for two years straight. 
uh, you know, calling them up for their freight. And I think they eventually get tired of the guy and just give them the freight. I don't know. I, I am but, real. I'm real close. I've been I've been working with this company. They're big. They're government contract. Northrop Northrop Grunman. I'm really really close. And I got a, a a referral. And this guy works there, and he happens to be in logistics. I'm close to getting signed up with this guy. I'm also close to getting signed up with the post office. So I mean, there's some stuff that I've had in the works. I'll continue to follow through with all that stuff. But as a general rule, no, I mean, I'm where I need to be, you know, far as, and I'm growing every year. I'm up, uh, I mean, I haven't checked this week, but last week I was up 141 grand year over year, 23, 24. So I'm still growing. You got to grow um, a team, man. That's what you got to do, John. You got to grow a team so I, you can chase more food. I, I, I know, but I, man, I, you know, time, time is, is my enemy right now. I mean, you know, like I said, think about the things I'm sharing, you know, here that, you know, I shared my schedule for the rest of the year. I mean, I got, you know, I got to balance that out. So <laughs> it's tough. John, it's funny to me how organized you are because I'm organized at, at that level regarding my work, regarding my trucks and my loads and my pre-book loads. Man, I went to Barcelona. It took me all of one hour to decide that whole vacation. I went on, I saw a special on the flight. I booked the flight a week later. I was in Barcelona. Like, my personal life is so far from organized. Like, I love being, like, you know, spur-of-the-moment things. It's just funny to me that you bring your work, like, your your organization and dedication to, to work. You do this. You're the same guy in your personal life. But you track your milk, like, milk consumption. Well, it's because, uh, well, I have a budget and, you know, food budget. And I'm, I, you know, obviously, I track all that. But we, we go – everybody in my house drinks a lot of milk. All my children do. And we go through a gallon a day, usually five and a half to six and a half gallons a week. So it's just something fun that I do because, you know, I should buy a damn cow as much milk as we drink. But, you know, but yes, I am organized and you got to be. I mean, I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. You know, I got kids that are eight and 12. Be exact. My son's birthday today is today. My son, my oldest, he's, he's 12 today. Happy birthday. What are you guys doing? Yeah. What are they well, doing? I'm here. I'm, I'm here. So we're going to celebrate. I'm going to, we're, we're going to celebrate when I get back. I've done took care of him. He, you know, my son's a straight A student. They're actually, they're actually going to, they want to triple promoting, at least double promoting, potentially triple promoting. The kids never missed a question. He's, uh, and, you know, 98 to 100% every day. I mean, every, every, he's never made a B. So, you know, we're, we're debating that as a, as a family internally, do we allow him to go from the sixth grade to maybe the ninth or the 10th grade? Because he's just that smart. So, but yeah. I mean, my grandmother's birthday is uh, tomorrow. I'm actually going to see her. Um, you know, it's funny to me, you know, when <laughs> your kid's birthday, but you're there. But I mean, it goes like this. Like if you, you know, you're a kid and you know, you're, you're there for your kids and, they're doing well in school. I mean, my grandmother just told me the same thing. I told her, what do you want to do? Do you want to go do something? Do you want to do this? She told me it's a birthday. I don't care. Like, just, just, you know, it's just another day. So, I mean, some people value birthdays, some don't. I, mean, I don't. It's another day to me. I don't celebrate. I don't, you know, anything. Maybe I did when I was 25, but not at Yeah, I, that's I, I what I, I just said to me. She goes, you know, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. She told me every birthday is just, you know, every day is just a great day to be alive. And, she told me, you know, the, the older you get, the less you kind of care about your birthdays. So. Yeah, I, I got a birthday a week from today. I'm not uh, not looking oh, forward kidding. to it. So. 
A week from today. I got us uh, 23rd, no? Yeah, 23rd. Next Friday. I don't know if hey, we're doing I, a show Friday, but it'll be uh, I got uh, my birthday lucky numbers in like 13 and 23, so I'll remember your birthday, Robert. Uh, Brent, Brennan's over here. He's got the stogie and the beer now. He's He's got the stogie and the beer in his hand, so he's getting ready. I'll cut this off at 4.30, so we got 10 more minutes. Then I'm gonna, we're going to go over and go to the truck race and uh, all that stuff. Yeah, we can probably end it, too. I mean, we've kind of uh, let you guys get to the uh, race, and um, you know, we always have you on anyway. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, next few minutes. You know, but I want, I mean, I'd love to do a podcast and have, you know, a couple – um, sales leaders, you know, guys that are thinking outside the box, not doing that simple, you know, sending an email, saying the same stuff. I mean, there's so many creative ways. I mean, Dale Dupree, I mean, this guy's got it. The donut box I thought was great. If I was, if I started over, like if I started over, like I would go through Dale's training, like all of it. I, you know, and I actually use, I actually bought his crumpled letter campaign. That's really cool. I and mean, basically you send him a letter crumpled up, I'm like you're going to throw this shit away anyway. You know, I thought I went ahead and crumpled it up for you. Right. And then the donut box, you know, and then put the gift card, you know, sorry, I was going to send you some donuts and you're right on the inside, but, but we decided to eat them before we sent them to you, you know, and, but here's a, here's the thing. I mean, again, getting somebody's attention, being different. And this guy built up, you know, went from, you know, it was a post today, negative. I read it this morning, negative $400 in your bank account to doing $2 million in, you know, and, and going through social media through LinkedIn. Right. What do you, you think know, about I think, this, uh, this approach? So, you know, you actually know him. So I won't say his name, but you, you know him. He has an approach where, as a last Hail Mary, he'll write a $10,000 check to a uh, prospect shipper and say, if I miss one of the first 20 loads, you can cash the check and keep it. Wow. That's strong. I'd do that. <laughs> I'd do that. I mean, shit, I'd do that. I mean, hell. I had never, uh, I mean, he says it's worked. He's got one right now, a $10,000 checkout, and he got uh, 16 loads um, wow. right away. If he misses, they're cashing the sixteen or the $10,000. I mean, the guy's putting his money where his mouth is. Long story short, he's putting his money where his mouth is. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, he knows his work product's that good, period. I, mean, I, wanna, I, I commend it. I want to do this with you, John, if you're cool with it. Um, I, I've, I've had this idea for a while. We just never really kind of got into it. I want to do a show with like you and you know maybe other people in the future where we go through like we get somebody that sends us their cold calls and we kind of talk about it and how to go, you know, how you would have done it differently. And I think going over people's cold call approaches and like kind of coaching them in that way, that would be like a cool, cool little thing to do. I would be open for that. I mean, we did it in the car business, so it was very common there. So we would record calls, and then we would go as a teaching a teaching moment. We would go and, and critique that call with the sales guy. Yeah, you know, I would love that. And, would and, love and that's the thing that. is is there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, there's you you know I may hear something and not pick it up, but you hear something and some sales signals that I didn't pick up, and then we can talk about. It. You know, and the same, in the same breath, I want you maybe to record a couple of calls if you can when you get time with some carriers, and I want to go through it with you and be like how I would have kind of negotiated. Like, you know, we we got to do it on both sides. We're like, I want to hear you your negotiation on one show. We, like, yeah, yeah, we had it on yeah, the first show. Yeah, but, yeah. 
I got that one got picked up today, or I would have we could have done it again. But I mean, I'm cool um, to see. You know, if we do some some sales calls, mentoring, I want to see John how he kind of negotiates with carriers, how I would handle it. Like, I think we got to get John. You know, he's a regular guest. We got to get into some more more planned planned stuff. Yeah. Like well, I, I, like I had a a call that I, I covered one Wednesday that picked up Thursday. Yeah, I covered it Wednesday. It picked up Thursday. And delivered this morning, and. The guy's like, well, I want fifteen hundred. And DAT said, and DAC said like fourteen seventy nine. So he rounded up. So he's asking for what DAT said. Again, I'm the only guy that's pulling this reefer load out of West Virginia. Like I'm the only one. So the date obviously, and we've had that argument's not right. But then obviously that last post by the DAT guy that he tagged me and he's like, Look, John might be right because I dug into the data, the actual lane data, and seen that the rates were more in line with what I was paying. But anyway, and I'm like, you know, that's not going to work. And then the, the first thing I leverage is I always Google the area code if I don't know. Always. Always Google the area code. I mean, while you're, as soon as you see the phone number and you start talking, Google it. Well, guess what it was? It was a, it was a, it was a Pennsylvania area code. And then I went into and I used that leverage, right? I said, "Look, dude, I'm the you're going to have to go to Columbus, Cincinnati, Lexington, or Whitfield, Virginia to get a reefer load. That's where you're going to have to go because I'm the only play in town within 150 miles of Charleston, West Virginia, and and uh, there's three reefer shippers, and I do business with two out of three." You got to change up your your stories, though. I think you've told this story, uh, right? But I mean, but that's what I told him. But then I leveraged that zip code. I said, "So it sounds." I said, "You're in Pennsylvania, and you want to go home, but it works, and you got to use that leverage. You got to." And Alex, I know he's on the phone, can attest to this. I want fifteen. I want to pay a thousand. We're oceans of miles apart, and you hang up the phone. You've got to go in deeper. You've got to go deeper, deeper in the conversation. And that's what I, I people fail to do. I just don't think carrier negotiation is, is as important as the sales ability to get customers. I mean, oh, what? Bro, what kind, yo, can you say that one more time? Just loud. I don't think like, it's as important negotiating with carriers as it is getting customers because if you're trying to make an extra $50, you know, blah, 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 you're going to end up with a lot more problems double brokering, fraud, theft. You're going to lose money in the long term. Where if you have the ability to get customers and constantly bring on customers and build relationships, you make a lot more money in the long, long run. What do you think, John? You want to lose 50, 100 bucks every load? Is I'm not talking about losing. I'm not talking about not negotiating at all. I just think the skill set, you know, John and I have debated this a lot, but I, I just think the skill set to bring on customers is more important than the skill set to be able to negotiate with care. Well, thank you. Well, it, I mean, obviously yeah. the customers yeah. pay the bills, right? But I mean, yeah. It's it's both important for sure. Um, that you're, it's easier to negotiate with carriers on rates than it is to moment. to find at the. Well, I don't know. I mean, even even when it was during COVID, I mean, I mean, I, every load I got covered, I didn't roll any. I mean, it got they got picked up. I just paid more, and I I don't build the customer more. That's the great part of being a broker. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Like, the broker, I was talking to a friend of mine. He's also a broker. And he's like, 
some driver was yelling at him like you guys stealing all of our money and this and that and he goes buddy like if you're making like five grand on this load i'm making a bigger percent on five grand than i am on 500 bucks like what do you mean so like you said it's the great part of being a broker i mean uh, you know whatever market you're in there's there's money here's the way i look at it you can be great at negotiating with carriers and have 10 shipments great you negotiated you know, an extra fifty hundred dollars on ten shipments. You could be great at getting customers. Then you have two hundred loads, and it really doesn't matter if you are great at negotiating an extra fifty dollars or not. I mean, you you have the volume. I mean, that that's why I think just the skill set to get customers is more important than beating down carriers. On well, my thing is, is if I ran an operation, if I ran a W two, it would be hard for me to sleep at night. You know, if you know, you take somebody like uh, C H Robinson or something. And if they give in on a 50 or 100 and they're moving yeah. 2,000 or 3,000 loads a day, that's that adds up to millions real quick. And, yeah. you know, that's my point. I drive with, with that, that the yeah, carrier sales team needs to be negotiated strongly as well. Yeah, but I mean, the yeah. hidden costs, I, I think, are what you guys don't see. Like, if you get risky and you try to save an extra 50, 100 bucks and you have a low double brokered, you could lose, you know, long-term a customer that could have been a customer for years. Also, you know, if you take care of carriers when you're in a bind, you know, they'll help you out. And that's going to be hidden costs down the line. It's not as simple as just, oh, we're going to add $50 to 200 shipments. There's a lot of hidden costs. That people hey, listen, I'm going to drop an absolute gem for any broker listening right now. If you send any carrier that you do a load with like 50 bucks or even like $25 at the end of the load, a new rate on, and just say, hey, thanks for delivering this on time. Like, we're going to remember that for the rest of our life. Like, 50 bucks means nothing to, to that load. If you send carrier a random $50 on a Raycon at the end of a load, that's not the carrier for life. Like, they're never going to forget you're, you're that. You're proving my point. So imagine you do that to a couple carriers. You have that relationship when you need them, you know? Yeah, Whereas if you're just trying to beat every carrier no, no. down for an extra 50 bucks, like... Good luck getting any of those carriers to, you know, do something for you when you need it. Like, I mean, yeah. that's why I just don't. I, I'm I not. Mean, you, have, you definitely you have a point as an agent. As an agent, you have a huge point. Uh, like John said on the flip side, like as W two, your job is to negotiate that fifty bucks. You know, you're a huge company with huge volume. But so. it's almost more important to negotiate it on the agent side if you are going to argue that because at a W two you get 15 percent. So you know what ten percent of fifty dollars is five dollars you know, but like, the bigger brokerages are the ones that are public you know it's it's money going back into the shareholders so there's that side to see right the shareholders have a responsibility so you take ch robinson jb hunt that are that are publicly traded companies right if they had a better trained sales force think about this if they had a better trained sales force returning better money so if they, instead of losing you know they were off 26 percent that quarter they might have only been off 23 percent that three percent spread to a J.B. Hunt, to a C.H. Robinson, or one of those publicly traded companies, is millions of dollars, like millions, not not pennies, but millions. So to have a trained workforce that can that can hold on to that fifty or seventy-five or a hundred bucks, instead of like, oh shit, it's close to lunchtime. This, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and give this carrier that extra hundred dollars, and you've got that a large carrier team doing that. I mean, it it you know because there's a responsibility of the shareholders, you know. 
if you work for me, you have a responsibility to me to be a steward of the company money. But most people don't think of it that way. It so. goes back to Matt's point where like what's what's the what's the incentive? If you get that fifty dollars, you get what three, five dollars of it? Like like you know, it's the incentive part. I Correct. Mean, so like, you're right. And so they unfortunately so there needs to be a there needs to be a uh, and there needs to be a bonus structure in place that shares the wealth that of if course. I, so if you, so if you, you do a hundred low, you know, and you benchmark it. So you, you know, you, you use, you know, these loads here, you spent this much money or, you know, and you measure that. If you can do that, you can do this and your margin increases then, especially those big companies, because those big companies have RFQs, right? So the rate doesn't change. Only the fuel surcharge changes every Tuesday at 10 o'clock. So everything else, but the line haul money is the same. So all these big companies all got these RFQs. So in that case, that's a very measurable number because the number is the same last week and they're moving this lane 30 times a month or whatever. Measurable. And you share the wealth. You you'd say, look, you know, you yeah, saved me I mean, a million. I'm going to give you this, you know? Look at this. I mean, I have the, the best story to end this on. I was doing, okay. I'm not going to name any names of anything. Just think massive brokerage, carrier sales rep situation. I had a load for my carrier sales rep. I love that person. I'm like, hey, you know, they agreed to the rate I wanted. And I was like, hey, if I give you $100 back from this rate con, like, you know, for, for being a good person, how much of that do you keep? And they told me $10. And I told them, okay, I'm not going to give you $100 back because that's $10, that $10 doesn't do anything. No, so. no, but but hundreds, hundreds move the needle, you know, if you yeah. do it enough, you know, and that's the thing is they got to put bonus, they got to write a pay plans that reward and incentivize the sales guys and rewards incentivizes the carrier guys as well. It's got to be both ways, you know, so you gotta take well, guys, I'm going to get off here. Yeah, I've got a guy that wants to take a tour of my place. He might even want to buy it. And guess what? I can talk the panties off of none. So if he wants to buy it, you got money old money he can pay a stripper with i'll sell it to him and move out tonight and go to the holiday inn all right guys take care all right take God care bless. peace peace i'm glad john ended it i feel like you were gonna go on with that conversation for the next no, hour no, i'm ready now i gotta go do some stuff too but yeah i could fully picture a guy like let's say i don't know the numbers i know he's i don't know let's say he bought it for 100 grand which he didn't and that guy would offer 120 right now you know john's gone bro like he'll, he'll literally take his stuff out and just be done like that that's who he is so anything was, for for money man yeah uh, it was fun uh reminder thanks to our sponsorship uh sponsor hd ships uh we always appreciate them um yeah i guess i'll just say too and we appreciate you guys i mean um you know our follower count and our view count on youtube and our downloads on apple and spotify have been going up and up and um we don't really have the best graphics we're kind of all over the place um but we're, you know, we appreciate you guys' support. It uh, means a lot to us. So yeah, and I mean, we're we're definitely working on that. I want to get into start releasing some short form content and uh, uploading, you know, some five ten minute clips of stuff. Um, at the same time, this is something, you know, this is we, we have jobs, you know, like real time. I have you know family to be with, and we you know we we're happy everybody's watching and supporting us, and uh, I want to try to take uh, you know the show to the next level. As soon as possible, you know, time allows it. So, sounds uh, sounds good. Well, we'll see you next week. We uh, we're gonna have some shippers on next week. So you guys always uh, always like those shows. Um, we're gonna have a maybe two actually, at least one, but we're gonna have one uh, female shipper on, possibly two. 
Um, and then either next week or the week after, we're going to have a uh, some of the big names in you know women podcasting, women content and logistics. Um, several of them are going to come on together. So um, you know we got a couple fun couple of weeks planned. So yeah, just thank you to everybody that watches, supports us, and you know for our guests that come on and give us their time, and uh, definitely to HD Ships for for making it possible. Sounds good, man. We'll have a good uh, have a good weekend. Take it easy, bro. All right, bye.